0: I feel like the insights really still show glimmers of your wisdom. You know, that inner yeah. voice that knows, even in the turmoil, even in the not knowing, even in the chaos, there's this voice that's like, you got it. You're going to be okay.
1: Part inspiration, part education. The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue. Be your best, you. Hey, thanks for listening to The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue. I'm Courtney Rue. And today I am talking to Karen Anglin. Karen is thrilled to be a regular cast member on the hit TV series Work in Progress on Showtime. She has over 26 TV and film credits to her name, most recently filming her recurring role on the upcoming Fox series Next. She's also guest starred on Netflix's Soundtrack, Amazon's Electric Dreams, NBC's Dick Wolf Creations, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, and Chicago Justice, rest in peace, Fox's Proven Innocent, Empire, The Mob Doctor, The Chicago Code, and Prison Break, and A&E's The Beast, to name a few. England is also a nationally recognized voice talent, most notably voicing commercial campaigns for Always, Simbacort, Kellogg's, Dove, and Kraft and lending her promo voice talents to networks like NBC, Saturday Night Live, Comedy Central, Sci-Fi, and ESPN. England commits to being unstoppable in pursuing her craft and plans on thriving in her artistic endeavors as long as she can. And because Karen really practices being a whole artist. When not on set or in the booth, Karen adores frolicking in nature with her black lab, especially if it means splashing along the shore. She's most in her element at the ocean and that intoxicating salt air will never stop calling her. Englund secretly performs her own carpool karaoke to the bass-driven beats of 90s rap music when alone and trapped in traffic. Loves indulging in the occasional bullet bourbon old-fashioned with Luxardo maraschino cherries, and if tired enough, will revert to her Boston roots and hit a spot-on Boston accent, dropping R's fluently and adding them where they don't belong, like at the end of the word idea. Or is it idea? There. England's Secrets are out. I had so much fun talking to Karen about her career trajectory and her family and especially how Work in Progress came about. And she told me something really interesting after we stopped recording, unfortunately. It's like now that I have a podcast, I want every bit of every conversation to be recorded. It's ridiculous. But she said that she used to do voiceover with Tim Mason, who was the producer of Work in Progress and director and co-creator. And they used to play husband and wife together on this recurring voiceover job that they did. And that's how they got to know each other. And then later on, much later, he thought of her when this part came about. So you just never know how your goals are going to be achieved. And that's why I think it's really important to build and cultivate relationships in this industry. Karen talks a lot about visualizing and letting go and just being available. And it was definitely a good reminder for me that now is a great time to be able to put that in practice. So thank you, Karen, for re-inspiring me just like every time we talk. And now I'm going to go meditate and visualize. Oh, and if you're listening to this the day it was released, Tony Howell's The Life-Changing Magic of Email Excellence is free tonight, Monday, July 27th. It is now at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Just a slight change in time because there's a Broadway for Black Lives Matter event that's happening a little bit earlier. Check that out as well. We'll have both links in the show notes. And now, enjoy Karen England.
0: In England, Courtney, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I miss you. I know. I'm so happy that we get to talk. If I can't see people's faces, as long as I can connect somehow, I'm happy.
1: I know. I wish we were connecting over sandwiches again. But yes, I, I love know. sandwiches and you.
0: Oh, thank you. That's <laughs> sweet. We have a good coffee talk. We might have to have like a Seinfeld-esque show. We coffee formulate.
1: Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I would love that. We have a lot in common. We do. Yeah. So I read your long intro already before this session with all your beautiful work that you've accomplished and your beautiful family that you have. What is it like to be a series regular? What is it like to learn that you're going to be a series regular? It was pretty
0: euphoric. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. I I would imagine. There was a lot, you know, like anything in our industry, it was over while everything I feel like with Work in Progress happened fast in general there was also big chunks of time where there was a waiting period and so for me it's always hard to be patient and wait for the news but when when Mm -hmm. I learned that we got picked up so you know the story is we basically I just filmed this almost like a favor for a friend it was going to be a pilot presentation that ended up yes oh this is the best story Well, it was the best and the worst. So I was in another TV series for Fox, and they basically recast all of the leads. I was a lead. So I got a regular on a Fox series, and I really thought, oh, my gosh, this is my thing. This is the thing I've been visualizing and meditating on. And then it got all recast. So it was heartbreaking. And in that heartbreak, though, I was like, I have a decision to make here. I can surrender and not hold on to the steering wheel so tight and say this was supposed to be what it looked like and say, Okay, show me. Like, show me what mm. it looks like. Show me what another show that I'm supposed to be on looks like. And so I ended up getting a call from my friend, Tim Mason, and he's like, I've had this role that I've always wanted you to play and we're putting in a, a pilot presentation. Would you do it? And I was like, sure. Didn't ask any questions. I know he's a great director and writer, so I said yes. Awesome. And then I really forgot about it. It was like a day shoot. It was so fun um, with a lot of new people that I hadn't worked with before. And then it actually secretly, secretly because I had no clue, got sent to submissions for Sundance. So mm-hmm. I did that in like the summer, some time, like July of 2019. And then by December 19th, we got the news that it went to Sundance. And then there were three months that we waited. And then we found out it got picked up with Showtime. And then, you know, then you do your whole deal memo thing and you're like, gosh, I hope I come back. And then I was fortunate to be negotiated into the whole series every episode. So that was way bigger and better than, again, any of my visualizations (laughs) were. Which is the lesson, you know, I always say my mantra, this or something better. Right, I love that. So it really was better, you know, and I'm not going to lie, Courtney. I mean, it's been a dream I love. I'm always grateful for every guest star I do and recurring. But I just had this hunger that I knew I could be a regular contributor to a TV series. Mm -hmm. And there was always this gap, you know, of like what I saw for myself being capable of doing and what was manifesting in my life. And so I knew that I had to do You know, after that kind of heartbreaker of losing the one show that I thought this was it, I had to do some real looking into my own limiting beliefs and Mm -hmm. what I really thought was possible for myself and what I was worthy of. And then also really cultivate a lot of trust and surrender, which is not easy for a type A organized (laughs) planner like myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you got to
1: leave room for that. Yes. you got to be open to that. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And honestly, that's all about, I mean, I can talk the lingo with you because we talk the same language. Yeah. It was really about me exercising my receiving muscle, mm. you know, really staying open and calm and relaxed and curious and heart-centered so that I could receive the next thing that was coming. And even the fact that it was Sundance that we premiered at, like, that also has been a huge dream of mine. Wow. I thought because of my age. I was like, Well, I guess that ship has sailed, and so that, to me, was the hugest lesson of surrender and receiving is that I'm clear about my intentions and my de- my desires always in whether it's me journaling or meditating, but I didn't a lot of times I would get lost, and when I talk about that gap, I would get lost in the well, how like mm-hmm. how am I gonna get from only being a guest star never recurring straight to a regular how is that gonna happen? How you don't am I need gonna to get... know the how you don't need to know the how I know that now,
1: yeah. If you thought you knew the how, you might not have said yes to the Work in Progress pilot.
0: Totally.
1: Totally. First of all, Work in Progress is an amazing show. If you haven't oh. watched it, please, after you listen to this podcast,
0: <laughs> yes. sit
1: down, subscribe to Showtime.
0: Stream uh, like a mofo.
1: <laughs> get your parents' login. I don't care what you have to do. <laughs> Watch it. I watched yeah. it on a plane to Hawaii. I downloaded all the episodes. That's right. I remember you said. And I that. watched it. I watched every single episode on the way to Hawaii. <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. It was
1: glorious. And, like, who would have thought that that show would have made it, you know, know. like, 10 years ago? That show probably wouldn't have made it.
0: It really is such a testimony to me, that magic that happens. Like, right story, right time, Mm -hmm. right audience, right person from Showtime. Like, this young, awesome, like, executive from Showtime that saw it and was like, this is what we need. This is the new hit we need to bring on. I mean, that takes a lot of courage to bring something that, for the most part, I think the subject matter, some of the things that we touch upon in the show, have been flirted with in other series. But I feel like this really addresses so many timely things in such a honest, authentic, self-deprecating, funny mm. way, you know? And with Chicago people. I know. I mean, honestly, it's crazy. The fact oh. that the network was like, sure, yeah, you can produce it and film it all in Chicago. Oh, we're not going to make any changes. I mean, for God's sakes, they took the pilot that we did for no money. And they aired that as wow. episode one, which is also a huge rarity. So that was the thing I was most and still I'm most impressed by. The confidence and the support that we get from the network. Mm-hmm. They're as giddy and excited about what we're creating and the stuff that they were receiving to edit together and all that. And really gave us that feedback, which is so nice. I feel like sometimes there's a disconnect between... The people are in front of the camera, and then the you know the big execs and the business people. But there's been way more fluidity in my experience with Showtime than in past TV series. And again, it shows you when that other series that I did for Fox, it was a similar formulaic series that I've done in the past. And I always felt like I wanted to do something that was a little different that exercised newer muscles than than maybe my type, per se, is used to being given. So Mm -hmm. um, I think it helped that Tim Mason was aware of what I'm capable of, and Lily and Abby, who also were the creators, really gave me some juicy things. So I'm grateful.
1: Amazing. And the wedding scene is just like... (laughs) Delightful! I love okay, watching it, and the
0: whole series. Can, but like, I have to tell you something funny. So, my husband just sent me something this morning, and I was like, "Well, apparently, I've made it because um, the guy that plays my husband, Jerry, and I are on a gif." Like, he was sending me. We were doing these like cheeky texts, my husband and I, and so he's the gif master, and he send always sends me a funny thing. And so he sends me "Happy Wife, Happy Life," but it's Jerry at the wedding. Oh my god! And me, you know, toasting. So I was like, "Well, I've officially made the gif you made world." It. <laughs> It's so good.
1: <laughs> oh wow! So you're talking about meditating and visualizing and journaling. And how long have you been doing that stuff?
0: Gosh, you know, I've been a serial journaler forever. Like, my kids laughed when we were, I don't know, we were doing some work in our house and I had to clean my closet and honestly there's probably, in my closet alone, 50 journals. Um, and I can remember... you like Abby. <laughs> yes, I am. I <laughs> joked when we had that scene where she had to take out all her journals. I was yeah. like, I took a picture of my closet when I was cleaning it. I was like, it kind of looks like Abby. <laughs> um, writing has always been a huge part of my life in terms of creation. I used to write poems a lot to express myself. I used to journal a lot just to to sort out all the loopiness in your head. Your monkey mind is like constantly going and some Mm -hmm. of it you can attach to and go, okay, that feels like truth. And other is just old stories, old fears and doubts. And so for me, writing helps me sort it out. And then sometimes I look back and I go, oh, wow, there's a through line. Even in those moments, I teach my kids this too. Sometimes when you feel like you don't have a clue and nothing's coming together, when you look back at what you were feeling or what you were thinking, I feel like the insights really still show glimmers of your wisdom. You know, that inner yeah. voice that knows, even in the turmoil, even in the not knowing, even in the chaos, there's this voice that's like, you got it. You're going to be OK.
1: Yeah. It's such a different feeling to listen to because I think sometimes people are like, how do we know which voice is which? Like yeah. I call it the gremlin yes. voice tells yes. you you're not enough. Yes. And then that voice, that all knowing voice within that it's just you know that it's true because it's love versus fear. So the totally, gremlin is about fear and that totally. voice that you
0: know is true is is always totally about love. Yeah, there really is. And it's so funny because I've read so many personal development books and I say inspirational books or spiritual books, but I really have to kind of repeat to myself, you know, what are you going to choose? Are you going to lean into love? or Are you going to leave lean into fear? And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's about external things. And sometimes it's about love of myself, too. Not just like you're having a tricky conversation with, you know, someone you're negotiating with or a fellow collaborator. But yourself, you know, you're like, is this conversation that I'm having, is it true, first of all? Is Mm -hmm. it real? And is this really just fear knocking on my door? And could I choose something else?
1: And then choosing something else and letting go of that old story or that old fear.
0: Yeah, that's a big one.
1: Am I mistaken that you had a series regular role in the past before work in progress?
0: Uh, no. I was slated to be like I said on Fox Proven Innocent and that was going to be regular, but this is the first regular role I've had. Okay,
1: what was the role you had? Was it private practice? Okay, actually, yeah, it was
0: actually family practice. So family you're practice, right. Yeah. Oh wow, you're doing your research. <laughs> well, that was so long ago. That was just when I had my Fiona. Yeah, so actually, you're right. Mm. Oh gosh! Now this is coming back. That's why I punished myself even more. Okay, now, <laughs> now, now I'm gonna get to in the, I'm gonna get in this the psychologist seat. You're right. That was actually my first series, I booked with Claire actually, mm. Claire Simon casting, and that happened during the strikes, the writer strike. Oh. So what happened is we got picked up. We were gonna get ready to go, and then there was like this three month period where everything was willy nilly and changing. And waiting with bated breath to hear from our producer and, and writer. Jeffrey Lieber actually was the writer on that. And Bart Fernlich Fren- was my director on the pilot. And then it just got let go. The network decided to not pick it up. So that was another logged heartbreak. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of them in our <laughs> career. Yes,
0: there are. So I think why I say the punishing is that I got a taste of it, you know. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, great. And then I started mourning because, again, the fear comes in, the doubt comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I was like, oh, it was that series. You know, I, I feel like a lot of the times we give credit to outside things yeah. when we shouldn't and then not credit to our inside, like to our inner wisdom when we should, or our inner <laughs> talents. I'm the same person then as I am now, hopefully a little bit more transformed and evolved. But yeah. I think I just had so much fear and lived in that fear for a while that I would never get that opportunity again. That's yeah, what I meant about like a that luck. gap yeah totally instead
1: of being like i know that i can do it because i did it yes and like bring yes, it on again yes yes yeah that there's this like story that we tell that that was my
0: one chance yes like absolutely and it's gone and, and how it's are gone. you ever going to get it yeah yeah and i'm only getting older and all the beliefs like i said i had to hack with the machete that weren't surfing me yeah
1: <laughs> how do you get because i'm almost you know i won't tell you exactly how old i am but we could probably figure it out but i'm almost 40
0: Oh um, my God, you're and a baby. Do you know how so. often I
1: hear, well, well, when you're 40, your career will stop? No, and I'm trying not to buy
0: into yeah, it because. Don't. don't. Honestly, I am well over that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look it. Of your age. Um, and honestly, I feel like I am getting the juiciest stuff coming to me. Like I'm I can not, see that um, in as I career. told you. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I'm letting go. I learned the art. Just really through this whip experience of letting go of the steering wheel, not though letting go of control of my career. Like I still take ownership of it. I still take responsibility for it. I'm very intentional on a daily, monthly, yearly basis of like what I what I want to create. The difference is I've just focused on only what I want to create. And let go of the how and the when. And I think the when, A, when you reach a certain age that we set these goals, which are awesome to do. And I literally just had this talk with my son, too, about it's great to set goals. Okay, by this age, you know, or by this year in school, I should accomplish this. Awesome. But when you get to that and you don't reach whatever that thing is... Then you just reevaluate. You know, you just go, is there something that I still need to personally learn or professionally learn or I need to learn how to collaborate? Like, you just kind of have to pivot. And you didn't fail. It just didn't happen in that time frame. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It doesn't mean that it not happening. In other words, your goal not being achieved isn't actually for you. Yes. Which is another huge breakthrough that I, especially when you have heartbreaks, Because those big breaks, you know, in careers can often come few and far between for some people. And then when you get them and then they go away, you you suddenly sweat it and you're in your fear mode and you're in that lack mindset instead of that abundant mindset, which is like, I knew I was capable of getting family practice and I will be capable of getting something else. And I just have to focus on that. And that wasn't for me at this time. It wasn't for me at that time. And I don't have the, as much as I, like I said, I'm a planner and a researcher and I try to... And I'm a mom, too, so I'm, I'm really good about worst-case scenario entertaining. <laughs> um, so you just, you know, you try to figure it out, but that's where the trust, what I said, you know, also exercising my trust muscle, I just had to say, show me how this is for me. Show me how this yeah. is for me. I stay open. I am open to receive whatever works for you, but I think it's really, for me, the mindset work is what's been most powerful in me continuing to be successful. Absolutely.
1: I, I agree for myself, too. And our career is not linear. So no. And let's talk about that a little bit. So yeah. here you have this series regular role on work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um And even before that with family practice. Right. Um, and in between and after are these co-stars and guest stars. Mm-hmm. And like you said, not recurring, maybe even. Yeah. Um, so, how do you stay positive and abundant and grateful for those amazing opportunities that like so many people in Chicago would feel like so lucky to have? Do you sometimes think, "Well, I wish this was recurring. I wish this was a series regular
0: yeah, I mean I'd be lying to say that those conversations didn't happen and right. again, in my own personal work, what I realized is that part of the blessing of the extremely driven person that I am there's a blessing to it, and then there's also a curse to it because. What I found was happening for me is I was focusing again where I placed my focus, I was getting more of. So I was seeing, like, oh, I'm not a guest, I'm only a guest star though. I'm not recurring yet. I don't have a regular. And so for me, when you said, what kind of work do I do, the journaling? Part of that journaling and part of my meditation is appreciation uh, rants, I guess, for lack of a better word. So I have, (laughs) you know, a ritual in the morning and a ritual at night. And at night, I try to cultivate appreciation because what I've learned and how I've been coached is what you appreciate appreciates. So and what you don't appreciate, like wherever your focus is, if I keep focusing on see, see, I didn't get it again. I didn't get that role. Well, guess what? Then I'm just going to put that message out. I'm thinking that message. I'm energetically sending that out, and so I'm going to get more of that. So for me, I try to appreciate everything that I get, even though I'm still a person that remains hungry and driven to get to the next step and want more. I think it's okay. I think sometimes as actors and as people, we're afraid to say, well, I want more, and I want to make more, Mm -hmm. and I want to create more, and I want to do more. That's okay, and I think that's what keeps me in the biz and and have the drive i do but i have to really look at appreciating what is you know because the more i do that then i go into every job welcoming and being open to receive the next thing and sometimes i also appreciate what i want to see so it's almost like the mind doesn't know what's real or not right so sometimes i will say like i appreciate that residuals are just flowing to me on a daily basis my mailbox is always full. I appreciate that that's full with residuals. It may not be the case. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but when even just talking about it, right, it makes me giddy. It gets me in this feeling place of like, yeah, yeah. I'm abundant. I'm cared for. I'm supported. This this is going to flow. I feel it.
1: What I always talk about is
0: the reason we
1: want things is because we think they'll make us feel a certain Mm -hmm, way mm
0: -hmm. and if we
1: so if we when we're visualizing if we feel the way that we want to feel when that thing happens two things happen number one you realize you don't need that thing in order to feel that way that feeling is inside of you and number two it attracts that thing more easily into your life so you have the thing it's not it's not about now that i'm feeling that feeling i don't want that thing anymore it's just like you don't need the thing to get that feeling
0: And I think we've talked about this before, too. When you're in that place of like saying to yourself, I need that, or if I just, if I could just, then I'll be there, then I'll get there. And there is this, like you said, this place that's separate from where you are presently. That's that gap. You know, you're focusing on, oh, there's a gap from where I see myself and what I see myself capable of doing and where I'm at now. And You said such a wise thing when you said you have to feel the feeling now. So in other words, I really do believe when I had that heartbreak of losing a part and thinking, oh, here we go again, I might not get it again. I had to quickly switch. What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose fear? Are you going to choose love and appreciation for yourself and your gifts? I'm going to choose love and appreciation because I know I'm going to get there faster to that next gig, and there's by nothing staying aligned. wrong with you
1: mourning that loss, no, and not at all. And feeling the sadness, and feeling oh, yeah. the anger, and anger, feeling all of, all of the feelings that come with losing something like that. Totally, it's the getting stuck there, staying there yes. forever. Yes, that is the problem.
0: Yeah. Oh, by no means. <laughs> if you live <laughs> you with wasn't me, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not the Pollyanna. Like, oh well, better luck like next time. <laughs> I always give myself at least 48 hours of just. Definite feeling the feels, and I can be a hurricane of emotion, and God bless my family for living with me um but for me, expressing it is very important. I'm not a believer in like denying your feelings and not expressing stuff and, spiritual and, bypass yeah no i I'm not good because I know if you hold it, it's just going to come out in some different way that's not yeah. constructive. No, absolutely. But you're right. It's the stuck part. It's like, am I going to get stuck here? Right. No, because I'm up to something bigger. I have to remind myself what my commitment is. Is my commitment to mourn this thing and say it should have been that or is my commitment to see what's next?
1: And I don't remember who said it. It might have been Jim Rohn. That the secret is to be both content and ambitious. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to be content and grateful for what you have now because the only real thing is the present moment. Right. But it's also okay to want more and to have goals and to take action towards those goals
0: there was someone else that said it when you were getting back to the like flirting with 40 or whatever you know <laughs> so i like that age. flirting
1: with 40 <laughs> whatever that. age ends in
0: a zero that i feel like whenever someone gets to 40 50 60 you know there's this um deep contemplation of where i've been and where i should be but yeah. i think it's Esther hicks that talked about you know things can happen very very quickly when you are aligned and we're talking about when you're aligned with like love and appreciation versus yeah. fear and doubt and worry and you're concentrating on what is working in your life and what is abundant and what successes you have. Sometimes, you know, my appreciation is like, I actually got a full-fledged meal on the table amidst this, you know, crazy chaotic day. Like that's a success, you know, measuring those things. I just feel like it puts your focus more on that. And it's the same with, like I said, putting a deadline or an age, any of that on what you want to create. Hopefully we're creative beings are creating all the time. It's not to me, it's not gauged by your age, I think, right. probably women feel more pressure because of just the maybe the little bias that it's not as pretty for us to be, yeah, <laughs> yeah. wrinkly. I and- think things are
1: changing <laughs> though, and I'm I banking on that. Things are continuously changing and just because it was that way in the past doesn't mean that it has to be now. And the fact that work in progress was made is just a testament to that, that like the lead role is a lesbian, a masculine lesbian, and the person she is dating is a trans man.
0: And she's 50. I mean, she's an unlikely, like we talk about it, which is why it's so cool that it's on air. She's an unlikely heroine, if you will. Do you know what I mean? Because of her age, because of her sexual orientation, and even the issues that she deals with about her anxiety and depression, you know, it's all yeah. out there. I love the series because it's showing the imperfections of people, you right. know, and I Which think is especially the tr- in the in, in our industry, it's easy to do the happy ending and the, the yeah. perfect version of things. But it's a beautiful peek into how imperfections can also still make you lovable and watchable and all that good stuff.
1: We love people who are imperfect. We don't love Mm -hmm. perfect people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is another role you have done recently, like guest star or?
0: Yeah, you know what's funny? Just when I wrapped, it was really great because it led me right into before all the pandemic madness hit. I, um, right after Whip, I actually got a recurring role on a Fox series that's coming up. It was supposed to premiere this May, but it's premiering in September called Next.
1: Do you know why that it changed from May to September?
0: So literally, like, it finished filming maybe, like, March 12th. And, you know, I feel like somewhere between March 14th and the 17th, the S hit the fan. Yeah, um, you can pandemic. swear. Okay, good. I was wondering, I'm like, is this one I can swear on? Because I yeah. do have a, a sailor mouth. So <laughs> um, so the shit hit the fan. Yes. Because even I was doing ADR remotely. You know, everyone was just kind of pivoting in their own way of how do we get this thing done now that everyone can't come together and complete post pro. So... I think that's probably why. And maybe they were thinking that audiences would be in a better space, too, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, after the fall. And maybe we get a little bit more handled. So I don't really know the inner workings. but but Yeah, so tell us what it's about. John Slattery is the lead, and it's a sci-fi. It's really (laughs) about—it actually started creeping me out because— my husband recently got us one of those Alexas, you oh, know, yeah. like to just because my alarm clock was never working. So now we speak to it. But it's really this kind of sci-fi thriller about what do you call the technology? It's not AI. Alexa. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, AI turning on you, if you will. You know, yeah. like knowing more than it should. Nobody wants to watch that being during the global <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, peeking in, and it's kind of this awesome creation that backfires a little, and, and there's a lot of twists and turns. So um, it's really well written and really well acted. I felt like the cast is really strong, and um, yeah. so I'm wishing it the best.
1: That's great. We used to yeah. have one of those Alexa things. I mean, we st- on every piece of equipment, like on your TV, right. your smart right. TV, whatever. Yeah. But um, my husband made us give away ours because the fear of like I not know. the fear of taking over, but that the government's listening. And no, like, I'm you serious. Know.
0: I've had more than a couple of times. My son is applying to colleges. You know, he's going to be a senior next year. And little conversations. I swear mm-hmm. to God. Like, we'll mention a college, and then like. Exactly. An ad will come up. Yep. Or whatever. I'll just say, God, you know, I, I need a better eye moisturizer. And like 70 eye moisturizers come up on my Instagram or something. So it does freak me out a little. And it What's will make What's really you creepy think.
1: is when you just think something
0: and then oh, you gosh, just don't even tell absolutely. me that. That's really creepy. <laughs> That's some next level manifesting, Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just a really good manifester. <laughs> yeah, it's a, but that was a great, it was an awesome surprise, like I said before. All production shut down, Mm. and um, I got to work with great people, great director. Adam Arkin directed my first of three episodes, and he was awesome. It's always great to work with directors that are actors. Yes. Um, I just really jived. And the cast was just so welcoming. I think we talked about this before, the difference, you know, when you're a regular, it's your, you know, your, in quote, set, per se, like your family, and then you're walking into Onto another set. It's always a different dynamic. You feel like, you know, it's the first day of school every time you get on a new set and you're the new kid, you know. But I felt really welcomed. I think so much. I've remembered this before, too, if we go way back on a series called Cupid with Paula Marshall and uh, Jeremy Piven that filmed here. And Mm -hmm. I feel like so much how the leads welcome, you know, the guest stars and they're occurring is really the vibe that ends. And even the director, the vibe that gets created. And so.
1: Totally. um, I feel that. Unmannered, well, you know? Um, yeah. You know, I'm just recurring, but like, yeah. I always do my best to make whoever uh is my patient that I'm rolling in feel welcome and yes. comfortable. And yes. Because it does affect the whole energy of the whole set. Absolutely. You know, how did you do that on Work in Progress?
0: I think because many of my scenes, this season at least, we didn't fill out my character's whole world in particular. So, On a regular basis, I was mostly with, like, Abby and my husband Jerry and my kids and Theo, So, um, who plays Chris. Actually, there was two friends that came over, like, one of the times when we had the birthday party, you know, for my son, one of which was the director's wife, so I already (laughs) knew Erin, and then this other woman. I just like to make them feel comfortable and to have humor be a part. I mean, a lot of improvers came on our set, so that was also awesome and easy because humor is just, like, a universal language, so... I think just, you know, being comfortable. And to me, it's like, why would you not want to make your guest stars in your recurring feel comfortable and honored because yeah. everyone does a better job and it makes you look better I feel like it's extra work. I've definitely been on shows where I feel like people have consciously um, set me up to not feel comfortable. And yeah, um, that's just, just like one life. more thing. Yeah, that's just one more thing that you have to navigate and then do your acting job. It's like, let's just make everybody Like feel we're not honored. self-conscious enough as yeah, actors. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So um, it really was such a, a pleasant surprise. I'm always, like I said, Prepared for just getting on there, no one talking to me and doing my job, but I try to be as authentic and open myself and also not be in my own head and fear zone when I get on a set because I think that attracts it, too, to an extent.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I know that the books that you read and we talk about Mm -hmm. are probably really helpful for that. So are there any that have stood out to you in terms of like business development books or self-help books, whatever you want to call them, that you have been able to translate into your acting career?
0: I don't think of them as business development books. I think of them as personal development books, but that translates, right? Especially with actors, there's probably not many careers where your business is so closely tied to you, right, Right. as a human being. I feel like there's two arenas of books. For a long time, we talked about a little bit earlier, I was, and I I receive coaching all the time, whether it's specifically for my VO or for acting, but also life coaching. Right. Because I always want to, you know, unravel those, like I said, those limiting beliefs, those stories that don't serve me so I can create what I really want, the life I really want. And I feel like. There's a couple of books that are more in the abundance mindset um, building. So they're really oldies, too, like old oldies. But um, Wallace Waddle's The Science of Getting Rich Mm -hmm. and Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich.
1: Yeah, Um, I read the latter.
0: It's almost like a little diary I'll keep. Sometimes I'll just pick. I play this game with certain books that are inspiring or have nuggets that I need to keep going back to. I'll just, like, pick a page randomly and read it you know and just mm-hmm. trust that like whatever page i pick that day that's what i'm supposed to be reminded of or yeah i love that um so those ones you know i was i was in a period where i was really trying to expand my abundance mindset same with i don't know if you're familiar with t Harv Eker's secrets of a millionaire mind
1: i'm familiar i don't think i've read it but i've read yeah. the 5 lessons a millionaire taught me Okay. I forget the author of that one.
0: Yeah. And of course, yeah. you know, Jen Sincero's You Were a Badass oh, at yeah. Making Money and all her badass um, books. That's That's those my, were. I go- love that one. I know. That was such a goodie. Those were good for me to just get, again, in that abundance mindset and not just around money, like even though a lot of them are about getting rich, growing rich, millionaire. It's not so much the dollars either it's a lot about feeling you're worthy of being compensated what you deserve feeling like you're and even what opportunities come you're worthy of abundant opportunities and not to like you said get stuck learn to pivot quickly if you do get stuck in something that's Mm -hmm. another book um adam markle's pivot was a good one about just not getting stuck when things come your way that are unpredictable or they're considered a you know a loss a business loss to you
1: which is so important in our career because we yeah. have to pivot yes. every, I mean, All on set, th- you have to pivot yes. 10 times in a day.
0: Yeah, because you could be memorizing your whole script and then they give you new sides that morning. You're like, oh, that's not the beats I practiced. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Well, let me take a minute.
0: <laughs> and then the other books are, I guess, a little bit more in the woo side. I love Gabrielle Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back and yeah. Super Attractor is her most recent one which was really life-altering for me, The Super Attractor. There's a lot of great meditations in there.
1: Oh, good. I have that on Audible. I have Oh, it's so to that. good, Courtney. It's, it's yeah, list. that's
0: the one I will go back to and get really good reminders from there. And then, you know, we talked about receiving. There's a book called The Power of Receiving by Amanda Owen. Oh, I'll have to put that on my list, too. That's a great one. And then Esther and Jerry Hicks, Ask, and It Is Given, which is, again, a lot of law of attraction stuff, yeah. you know. I'm all about being the woo, versus, you know that. Yeah, I know. And that's why I feel like I have hidden my woo self less and less yeah. as the years have gone on. But, you know, you you don't know, like you don't know how to read the room sometimes. And they're like, what? It's super attractive. What do you mean, law of attraction? Yeah. Um, but, but hey, so if it works all, for
1: you. Yeah, exactly. It works for you. And if, if, if something's not working for you, then maybe try the woo.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And See it's what really happens. just about mindset. Because to me, I think once your mindset is um, straight, anything is possible, you know? That is true. And, and it doesn't you... mean that once you study it, you're like, oh great, I read this book and now I'm totally healed and all. <laughs> right. It's like an it's an ever evolving. It's a
1: work in progress. It
0: is. <laughs> nice comeback to the series. You.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm constantly coaching and, and that's the thing is like we look at people who are super successful and maybe if they don't say like, Yeah, I work on myself all the time. Then you just think, oh, that was luck or, it, well, you know, yeah. you, you don't know how they got there. And so many people that I talk to, it's like, well, I got my mindset right and I took action. So it's like Literally. both are important. The mindset comes first because you could take all the action in the world, but if you don't believe that you are Absolutely. worthy of making it, then you're Absolutely. not going to make it, whatever that is, make it.
0: And I think what you said about register, like I used to go, well, how come she and he and mm-hmm. there? It seems so, it, to me, it was always like, it seems so easy, you know, for them. And I have yeah. lots of friends of varying levels of celebrity to peers of mine. And it was like, why does it seem like it comes so easy? But so much of it is, I think that for some people, some part of the mindset stuff, Does come easy. Like for me. Right. My two things were really working on being able to receive, not trying to be this doing, doing, doing machine and check things off my list. Like I'm great at that. But, you know, stillness is which is why there was trepidation. I mean, there's a lot of trepidation about this pandemic and everything shutting down. But, you know, never has there been a time in history personally or professionally, where I have been forced into such stillness and inactivity. Yes. (laughs) And it could have gone both ways, Courtney, could have gone both ways. But um, it really this time period, how I looked at it for me is that this was my next level of becoming spiritually strong in a way that I haven't been before. And I think a lot of actors and artists are used to attaching our worthiness to the next project we have or what we're in. Of course, yeah. Because every time you go, even if you go to a cocktail party or a block party, if someone knows you're an actor, they're like, oh, what are you working on? What are you doing next? What have I seen you in? Uh, Yeah. and And it's like, I hate that I feel like I have to have something and I'm embarrassed if I don't. And you know what I mean? Like that whole conversation that I have in my head. And so I think this really was like a time to say, "Okay, you don't have the projects. You don't have the lists of things in the post-it notes while papering your studio and office but let's work on the things that matter so that when the floodgates open as I hope they do sooner than later um, yes I'm ready you know I'm able I'm I'm willing I'm in a good headspace I think it's important because like I said I, I think that freelancers it's hard we're used to constantly looking for work essentially.
1: Yeah, definitely. And we put so much of our worthiness, like you said, on the doing, on the action and or like the results and yeah,
0: not yeah. who
1: we're being. Um, totally. My husband takes a lot of naps and sometimes I nap shame him. Oh my and God, yeah.
0: He, uh, my husband and I get in these. He knows how to relax. I call him a relaxer and I'm like, yeah. I, I hate that I... What book is it? Oh, Untamed. Untamed. Glennon. Yeah, oh, totally. My God. I saw myself in her. <laughs> I fully laughed, like snort laughed, because I would yeah. resent how well my husband could relax. I was like, what? You haven't accomplished like 60 things Right. Yet. How dare you, you can't take just... a nap when
1: you haven't spent <laughs> nine hours working today? Exactly.
0: So, yeah, giving myself permission to relax and also to have fun and play like as silly as it is. But like I got coached a lot on making room for celebrating. I wasn't a big celebrator, even of my own successes. It was like moving on to the next. I got to do more. I got to do more. Playing, fun, all of that. I I think those are important things to splice in while you're being an ambitious person and a driven person that wants to create more, too.
1: Yeah. And who do your kids take after?
0: Oh my gosh, my son, he always says he's like, that's another momism. <laughs> <laughs> my son is definitely me, like we we really value like accomplishing 10 things in a day and then we'll go play. My daughter and my husband have no problem just chilling like a villain for hours <laughs> not worried about I mean, my daughter can chill with the best of them. The thing is, is they've taught me both of them. They still get done. That's the funny thing that like the joke's on me. They get (laughs) done what they're supposed to do, but it like makes me crazy. My husband, when he works home occasionally, but he would, you know, like take breaks. Like he'd work in the morning and do a Zoom call, whatever. And then just like, I don't know, do a break or go play golf for a little bit. I was like, what are are you doing? What is that? That is revolutionary. (laughs) I learned the hard way about
1: that. Like, I would always get sick yeah, same, when I was same. overworked and yeah, I wouldn't same. take a break. And same. then I would be forced to take a break, but mm-hmm, I would feel mm-hmm. like shit.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And so I just had to start planning days off and vacation days and fun days. Yeah. And now it's part of my routine. But there still is that little part of me that's a little shameful about it. Yeah, I know. I'm not supposed to be doing God, it we
0: are the same person i'm so yeah. like that i really am and i don't know where i'm sure energetically right it comes from somewhere like one. well of i know it just, comes from my
1: mom yeah <laughs> me
0: too i was just gonna say <laughs> yeah for sure for sure that it's just again it's just a story and it's like okay I can learn it and I can unlearn it, you know. And I think it's no accident probably that we have the partners that we have. Right. I I just had this conversation with someone else too. I don't think it's an accident that you receive the children that you have and their personalities can also, you know, be mirrors and they can be teachers. So it's really good because even with the e-learning, you know, it made me crazy because my kids were like e-learning supposed to start at whatever 9 a.m. and they're chilling and slow rolling and you know my son meditates too and he's like I'm gonna meditate then work out then I'll start and I was like what do you mean I want to make sure you checked in and (laughs) and you know we I felt I was like oh I am resisting this like a mofo and what is that about and it's like well because my way feels safe and the ball won't get dropped that's the way I do it and I had to really be honest with my son and go, I just want to make sure that you get these two things done. Like, you know, you don't yeah. get marked absent, whatever silly details I was worrying about. But he was so self-motivated and so self-directed, mm-hmm. as was my daughter. And they didn't do it my way. And so it's hard. Well, listen, just, I mean, like, I don't think still that done.
1: <laughs> the way that the majority of Americans work and go to school is sustainable or productive. no.
0: no. And you know what? My kids, honestly... That's a conversation among parents, like, how did, how did your kids do? How do they like it? I mean, my son joked, he's like, I've been wanting to have this structure <laughs> since like sixth grade. Yeah, And really, I feel like they got more done. And to me, their mindset, because both of them are pretty creative people, but my son especially doesn't like the structure of school. I feel like he was a happier student and got more accomplished because he wasn't forced to be in the paradigm called 90-minute classes where you sit still for that whole time.
1: Because some people can't sit still for that long. Right.
0: Or learn that way, you know? Yeah. I wonder what we'll keep
1: after this. What will stick around?
0: I don't think we'll ever be the same on a lot of levels, but I also don't think that that's a bad thing because I I feel like where you're going is the same place that I'm going. Even in the beginning when all this e-learning stuff went down and I could see, you know, with social media, everyone wants to share their opinions. And I was like, oh my gosh, you see all of these high octane people, business people, moms, dads, that are like, they can't accomplish it. We can't get it done like we used to. Well, we might have to lean into the fact that we have to right now, and right. maybe we can, and maybe that's not a bad thing. People keep
1: saying, I, want, I just want things to go back to normal, and yeah. it's like, well, so many things are happening right now that, thank God, I hope it doesn't go back to normal. Right. Because normal wasn't working for any
0: of us. Right, and that's why we're in the perceived chaos that we're in, or yeah. I say the breakdown. I mean, sometimes we've all been through whether it's career-wise or relationship-wise, personally – I just feel like when you have a big breakdown, like we we're having on so many levels in our country, I think it makes way for breakthroughs. Yeah, you know, and and I think that when there the are pain some breakthroughs. Yeah, so
1: hard that's when you change. Yeah, unfortunately, I wish I that people could I know. change without right, like, yeah. right. Speaking of being a mom,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what changed for you in your career when you became a mom, and do you think that that is different today for people becoming moms in acting
0: work? Yeah, you know. I think the good news is there's more women having children later, and also there's more women, like we were talking about, in the late 30s something 40-something, 50s that are moms and are able. There's, I think, a, a more open environment to, like, have your kids. I have actor friends. I never, you know, did it, but, like, literally have your kids on set or they have right. a space, you know. So I think there's less fear about this divisiveness of, oh, what has to fall to the wayside? What am I going to drop the ball on my career or my motherhood? Um, yeah. You know, hopefully— you can balance it better. I think I've become way more balanced as a mom of teenagers than I was when I was younger for a lot of the reasons we're talking about. Like, yes, I should have napped when my kids napped. But, you know, being the, like, no, 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 I, I have to clean do. the kitchen. I have to do more. I think it all happens for a reason. But the one thing I, I remember when I was a mom is that I would joke with fellow moms. It's like. I'll be happy if I like get a bra and underwear on and get to this audition. Like before, you know, I'm like belaboring the lines and all this stuff. And, you know, when you have these beings, there's no manual that comes with them. You know, you literally, I guess I've never felt so connected to my own wisdom and in my body because that's all I had to go on with, with my mothering. It's like, I have to trust my instincts and thus, you know, I have the general um, feel of the scene I'm not going to be a perfectionist about it. I'm just happy that I'm doing it and I'm getting a babysitter for my kid. Or I'm bringing my child to PR casting and trusting that someone will watch him or her. Well, I think I just got off myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, like
1: like became less precious and careful and like
0: let go. Yeah, and I actually, with both kids too, like I booked right away. Like had a baby and booked right away. And I think that was, for me personally... There was a letting go that happened that made me, like I said, get off myself. But I also had to learn, like when I think about new moms now that are trying to juggle it, that I've met that are, you know, earlier in the business, in their careers than I am. I think you just have to honor where you are at in your journey as a mother and an artist. Like for some people, they like to get right back on stage and hit the boards and do voiceover. And like, I definitely allowed myself to lean in really wanting to be with my kids. And so for me... I used to do a lot more theater and that went to the wayside because for me personally, I didn't want to have that time away, like mm-hmm. every night not put them to bed. And that was just my decision. And then sometimes I would have to go, God, can I really pull this together to get this quick commercial audition? No, if it's going to like stress me out and stress my kids out, then I'm just going to have to give myself permission to say no. And that's OK, which was yeah. hard for my personality because Again, I want to be everything for everybody.
1: I think that's important whether you have kids or not to be yes. able to say no yes. to auditions and gigs and things that, number one, don't like, resonate. Yeah. Don't yeah. resonate, aren't true to your values. Yeah. Or, you know, if you need to take a trip or something, like if you've been working nonstop for two years or, what, or whatever yeah, that number is, right. like, you have to take care of yourself, too. Yes, Yes. And how do you take care of yourself? What What does your self care routine way, look
0: like? Way better now. Like I said, I mean, <laughs> I look back and I'm like, God, I don't know how I did it. It's just like you said, Courtney. I was such a workaholic, and uh, I'm I haven't done enough kind of person that when I would get sick, it's rare. But when I would, I would be out for the count, down for the count. And yeah. it's it's hard to be that you know down for the count when you have kids depending on you. Mm. It's that whole visual of, like, you can't serve from a cup that's not full, right? So I have right. to fill myself you gotta up. you got
1: to put your oxygen mask on
0: first. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I look at these young women, like, at my gym that I, well, I used to go to before pandemic. And they're mm. just, like, practically newborns and, like, young kids. They're bringing them in. They had the little daycare and I was like, God, I never did that. Like I was so freaked out to like (laughs) leave my kid for an hour or two and give to myself as if like, you know, they would stop breathing. But um, (laughs) now I I definitely self-care, you know, for me, meditating every morning and just for me, leaning into stillness is just a thing I still have to cultivate because I could always tell you the 20 things that I should be and can be getting done in a day. So that stillness is really important. Journaling. I set intentions daily on how I want to feel, who I want to be, what Mm. do I want to give, um, what do I want to receive, just a template for like the day that I would like to co-create doesn't mean the day has to go exactly like that. But for me, it's very centering. I think in our business, you know, like I could have a day, I'm like, oh, today's going to be, this has happened many times, (laughs) today's going to be my play day or my fun day, my relax, I'm going to sit on my porch, damn it, and read a book. And then the shit hits the fan and something happens with school or you get a last minute Gig and you have to memorize seven pages. So yeah, I think it's good to try to set intentions and then um, you know pivot when yeah. when needed. Working out has been much more important to me for much of my kids' younger life. I had uh, I herniated my discs like oh. three different times, hospital bound with all like really intense pain. And I had two kids with no meds, and I was like back pain from disc oh, pain. My gosh, herniation is way worse than having two babies on wow. no meds. That was really my wake-up call, actually, when you said, when did you start meditating more and, and really committing to journaling and all that. It was when I looked at, like, what my body was becoming, you know, and even the actual diagnosis. It was like my discs were depleted, dehydrated, all the words that are like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, literally, you're, you're putting too much out and you're not feeding yourself. So I have been two and a half years back pain-free, which is a miracle because I had it for like almost 14 years. Wow, congratulations. Um, Yeah, so I I see the importance of nourishing yourself and giving yourself permission to chill.
1: And also you're teaching your kids. Like you said, your kids meditate, or at least your son meditates. Yeah. You can't teach them just by saying go meditate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're going to do what you do. Totally. And so if you teach them that you can have dreams and goals and you teach them that you take care of yourself, like they're going to follow suit.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, again, energetically, like especially because I have one of each, I'm fortunate I have a son and a daughter. And, you know, I think I really thought about why do I get myself to this point where I get so drained and so toast and, you know, now I've got this back issues. Like, who do I want to be for my daughter as a mirror for a mom? And Mm -hmm. I think, again, energetically, I probably adopted ways of being that my mom did, you know, unconsciously, probably or not. And I saw her toast and tired and not having time for play and fun. And, you know, it, it, it's like, oh, it really is just about you making a choice. No one's going to give you – this is a lesson in life in general. <laughs> yeah. No one – you can't wait for someone else's permission Yeah. to be what yeah. you want to be, to do what you want to do. You have to really make that choice for yourself. And so for me, yeah, just centering in the morning, doing something that moves my body, I think because I was in inactivity for so long in back mm-hmm. pain – I realized how much stuck emotion and stuck stress and just stuck everything like moving my body has really helped. And I, I'm not in general like a big worker outer gal. I was an athlete growing up. So I love like sports stuff. Um, but yeah. I just had to find some stuff like you have you know, to find what speaks. Yeah. What speaks to yeah. you. What what speaks makes you, to happy you. Exactly. In that way. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. always anything in nature, you know, walking in nature. Nature is just it's very grounding for me. Yes. So um, I'm just like, you know what? If the trees and the birds and the grass can all get get it done, <laughs> no matter what cycles of of the world are happening, then I can yeah. too. You know. It's so
1: healing. I live right by the lake, and it's just oh, like five minute walk. I'm there. That's and so awesome. It's just so peaceful and calming. No matter, yeah. like you said, no matter what's going on in the world. Yeah.
0: Water is definitely my happy place. Where can people find you next? That's a good question. Um, well, I mean, season two. So whip, season two, work in progress. Yeah. Season two. I'm so excited. Um, I know. So we're slated again. Right now, all signs were pointing to us staying on schedule. It was supposed to be end of August that we would start filming. Mm. I'm crossing my fingers and visualizing that that will be the case. So, Me too. Yeah. So we did get picked up for season two, which was super exciting. And then, as I said, all this stuff went down. So I think everyone's, again, getting back to the famous word pivoting. Pivoting to see how we can do it, what it will look like. It will still stay in Chicago, which is awesome. Cast in Chicago. That's so amazing. um Yeah. So that will be the next thing I'm working on. And then, of course, next on Fox will be premiering, I believe, don't quote me, but I, I feel like it's September 8th. Okay. That the show, somewhere in September, I'm uh, towards the end of the, the season. The last um, three episodes is what I filmed whether or not, as you know, as an actor that right. you're on, those who knows, episodes it'll episodes, it's a whole nother story. <laughs> right. Um, and then you pivot. But yeah, exactly, exactly. But you can still have it on your resume, right? Yes. Right. Right. So no, I think at least uh, a couple of them I'll be in. So yeah. And then then who knows? I think, you know, again, right now so much is on hold. It's hard to know where my momentum will go next, but I'm. Uh, it's all happening in my head. <laughs> yes.
1: And your website is?
0: It's uh, KarenEngland.com, so K A R I N A N G L I N K-A-R-I-N-A-N-G-L-I-N.com.
1: Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Karen. Oh, this
0: was such a pleasure, and congratulations. I didn't properly honor you for your go-getterness, and, and just you're always in creation mode, and it's such an inspiration, so Congratulations on being your word and creating something that I'm sure you had dreamed up in your head a long time ago.
1: Oh my God, this has taken me forever to take action on. So I appreciate that. <laughs> no,
0: it's the perfect time. I feel yeah, like. it's exactly. It's the perfect time for you.
1: Exactly. Well, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. It. Karen Anglin, thank you so much for coming on this week's podcast. Before I go, I need to give a special thank you to Jamie and Eric at Blythe Martin Productions for my amazing theme music, to Joe Mazza at Brave Lux for the photo and my logo, and to Mike Caputo at Pod Clubhouse for producing this podcast. The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue is produced under the Stag after a new media contract. I hope you've been inspired, I hope you've learned something, and I hope you feel better than you did before you were listening. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you next week. With Courtney Rue. The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue is a Pod Clubhouse original production. Produced, engineered, and edited at Pod Clubhouse Studios. Follow us online at podclubhouse.com.